Hello, everyone. Again, this is Joni Scott here with Pastor Plex Podcast, and we have another question for him to answer. The question for us to go over this week is in regards to death and talking to a child and a young teenager about that. Uh, the line between speaking theological truth and what some would see as showing compassion. Yeah, I love this question. And uh, before we get into it, uh, this is, you know, if you're a parent, this is something you're going to have to struggle with. And uh, I'm really excited that we're going to talk about this. And I'm going to try and hit some scriptures as, as we go along the way. Um, but the Bible isn't super um, clear on parenting guidelines when it comes mm -hmm. to this kind of stuff. And so I'm going to take it off basically at principles of truth. So go ahead and give us the question. Awesome. So the legitimate question is, where do we speak the theological truth and showing compassion when talking to a child and even a young teenager about the topic of death, mm -hmm. especially if that's involving a close relative or the death of a parent and not knowing if that person was saved or not? How do you handle the questions? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go to first off uh, a saved person, because I think okay. this is important. Um, so if, if you're talking to a child and they, because this is what I've had, people have said, um, my person, my person that I love who died is talking to me and they're leaving me messages because they, um, they're, I'm finding pennies all over the place. All of a sudden I, I'm just seeing pennies everywhere. And all of a sudden they sort of like, ever since my loved one died, I've been noticing I've been picking up pennies or dimes, or I've been noticing that every time I look at the clock, it's 11, 11. Uh, and, yeah. and so you're, you're taking these things and you're ascribing to them that your loved one is talking to you or you'll go somewhere and you'll, you'll notice a, a sign and it says the exact words that your loved one said to you. And so, especially for children, they are like, that make, makes it like, yes, mommy is look or mommy or somebody is looking down on me in love. And here's, there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a, a blessing in this in some ways. God can, because he's a personal God who loves us, give us a sense of comfort. Mm -hmm. Remember, because God comforts those who mourn. And for some people, God comforting them is reminding them in a sweet way of that their relative that they love or the person they cared about really loved them. And the thought that they are thinking about them right now is very comforting. So that aligns with scripture that God blesses those who mourn and he's doing that blessing through a, a some sort of way of letting them feel a sense of comfort. Comforting reminders. Comforting mm -hmm. reminders. Now, is that <laughs> what God is doing? Maybe and this is the part where we, the problem is we want to think about it so in depth and we want to say, no, I know for sure that it's my aunt so-and-so so and they love me and they're trying to tell me things. And then all of a sudden we get into communication with the dead. And mm -hmm. that's not okay. Do, right. So there's a difference here. Talking, communicating with the dead, not okay. God clearly is not for that. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Saul, rightly so, had a law in Israel that you do not communicate with the dead. So the witch of Endor is communicating with the dead. Uh, for Saul, she's like, I see that you're, you know, you want me to talk, bring up Samuel from the dead, and that's clearly against God's law, clearly against all the things. Right. And um, so, and we don't even know if that was really Samuel. It could have been a demon that was brought up. Mm -hmm. And th this gets so confusing. Was it really Samuel? Scholars go all over the place when we talk about um, Saul with the witch of Endor talking to Samuel. And Samuel says really biblical things, but it could a demon make him feel even more guilty. So there's right. there's the reality that we're facing there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what would, let's just, I'm talking about a saved person that's passed away. Mm -hmm. A saved person that's passed away is enjoying Jesus. Right. They are not concerned with the affairs of 
earth. They're more concerned with affairs of heaven. And for them, this again, when you when you reach into eternity, you, the problem we have is we think of eternity as they're just there for a lot longer. The problem with that is that they get to experience all time at the same time at times. And I don't know fully how it all works. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means to be eternal because I'm not an eternal being and I, can even, I can't even conceive of it. So um, when you get to heaven, does that mean that all your family is instantly there because you're an eternal being and since you're experiencing eternity that you're going to have some sort of connection with? Because we know that there's family in heaven. We know that there is, in a sense that you know each other, but there isn't reproductive organs going on because the angels we, we find out uh, from Jesus aren't given into marriage or married. Right. We are like them. So mm-hmm. there isn't a sense of need for sexual reproduction, but there is uh, a, a sense of understanding one another, knowing who each other are, because there's a cloud of witnesses that we're surrounded by who sort of can cheer us on. Mm-hmm. However, and that's uh, from Hebrews 13. However, what we do know uh, about that is that if you are an eternal being, you're sort of eternally sort of like going uh, from point to point, but you're enjoying Jesus. And sometimes you're maybe given glimpses into earth. But the problem with that is that it's, not, it's as if um, people in heaven are preoccupied with people on earth. And I don't think that's how it goes. They're more preoccupied with Jesus and who's right in front of them. And they're not lingering, missing the people here because they get to be with their creator. They get to be with Jesus. They get to experience uh, heaven in a really beautiful way. Okay, right. so I think for the most part, we're clear that... Um, People that pass away that are saved aren't lingering trying to get back to earth. They're enjoying heaven way more than enjoying earth. For sure. That's where the hope comes from. Okay. Now let's get to the part that gets challenging. When somebody passes away that didn't know Jesus, mm-hmm. all right, and they were in rebellion to God, and this is where we go to Romans 1, that when you reject God's design, that he is author of all things, and you say, I don't want you, God. I want to be my own king. That's called idolatry. Mm-hmm. I want to live my life not by your standard, by the way you've set things up. I want to live them by my way. And so a rejection of that is eternally rejecting God and saying, I don't want any part of that. And this is where um, when you when you introduce somebody to that sort of language, it gets really scary. And I've had people tell me, like, we shouldn't scare people into heaven, to which I'm like... Well, I mean, you want to love them into heaven. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, but it's God's kindness that you would not, not experience his wrath. That That's the beauty of, of God's unbelievable, amazing grace is that he's very patient with us, as 1 Peter 3 said, not wanting any of us um, to suffer hell and darkness, but wanting all to come to eternal life. Okay, so we, we understand that, but some people still uh, reject God and are rebellious and they are living in their sin, and they don't want to have anything to do with God. And so God gives them over to that sin, and they experience hell for for eternity. And I think when it comes to a child, I think uh, whatever level that they can understand that, that becomes a healthy place to talk to them about why heaven and Jesus are so valuable. And this is where if you don't know, um, you and like let's say somebody that, that you love dies, and you're like, well, I don't know where they were. And you don't want to say, well, I know for sure they went to heaven. This is where I changed... I change the narrative. Here's here's the direction I go. I'd say, isn't it sad that so-and-so died? We need to mourn that loss. And isn't it good news that God God comforts those who mourn, that we aren't lost in our own misery and our own desire? And they say, well, will I ever see um, so-and-so again? And you don't know if, you know, maybe on their deathbed, maybe that last second, because I've had people I shared the gospel with, and they 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 
They said no, but later were blown up. And like before they died, did they accept Christ? Maybe. Maybe they did. Um, and that was in war. Um, one of my soldiers said no to the gospel, but as he lay there dying, he had an opportunity to receive Christ. Did he take it? I don't know, because I, I wasn't there. And so a, a clear, a good answer is, I don't know what decision so-and-so made, but if they made a choice to reject God, then they will forever reject God. And there's a chasm between heaven and hell that you cannot cross, although you can see clearly across the side. We learned that from Luke 17, where you've got Lazarus uh, who and the rich man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you, you would say something to the effect of, um, if you reject God, if you reject what Jesus did for you on the cross, then uh, you'll be forever separated from God's love. And you'll only experience the hurt and pain that comes from rejecting his love and authority. Then you go to a point of, but God comforts you. He wants to be with you in the middle of this. And even better than uh, seeing uh, aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so or someone really close, even better than seeing them again is seeing Jesus. And did you know that Jesus wants to be with you? In fact, he promised he'd be with us. Even when darkness and even when pain and even when we're hurting and we can cry out to him, he's got big enough shoulders and and that's exactly what we're do right now. In fact, one of the ways that we can minister ourselves, let's remember all the wonderful things that our um, loved one who passed away did because that, that was a gift from God. Mm-hmm. That person was a gift to God from us that we loved and we used, we got to enjoy them for the life that they had. And we remember fun memories with them. And let's keep that memory alive. And what happens is we turn that memory from a sense of what a sense of huge loss to a bittersweet moment. And I think that's where you focus. Because I don't necessarily think you need to go down the road of explaining heaven and hell and all that if, if they're not able to comprehend all that. Right. But what you do go down to is like God blesses those who mourn. And the way that he blesses you in your mourning is he gives you great memories. That's why we make lots of great memories with people. And we talk about those memories of how wonderful they were. And it, t- it takes the pain and makes it bittersweet. What a Let's just celebrate the time we did have with them. What a great thing that was. We do this with pets all the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, like when your pet dies, you talk about what a great pet that pet was. Oh, yeah. You're not going to talk about seeing... Irreplaceable. Right. You can't see that pet. We don't talk about seeing that pet in heaven. Let's talk about how great it was to experience the blessing that that pet was for us. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, we talk about the experience that family member, that person we really cared about was in our life, how God blessed us with that, that memory and that beautiful thing. Let's talk about that person. Let's look at pictures of that person. Let's talk about that person. But then we, we look forward to not that person. Whether, remember, this is the same kind of connection. We don't look forward to that connection with that person. Um, Again, we look forward to being with Jesus, and Jesus wants to be with us here now to comfort us in our pain. And we always want to express a clear uh, gospel presentation because uh, heaven and hell are real things. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want to say, like, you know, we don't put it in the context of, of a sense of you have to be afraid or we need to be thinking and dwelling. Maybe we can pray them out of hell or that's not our role. God has decreed where where they are for eternity, and that that is what He and what our prayers are is for our to enjoy the memory they had, to uh, make sure that people know that perfect love casts out fear, because uh, because uh, fear has to deal with punishment, and that God's punishment went on Jesus. And so when when we, we experience hard things, that may be God disciplining those He loves, and that's what we want. Okay, that, hopefully that's not too confusing. Let's let's look at it again. So the issue seems to be not whenever when we know that person is saved, there is no issue in telling that you know that child or young adult, hey, one day we're going to see them again, and they're with Jesus right now. Right. 
That's okay. You can say all that. When the issue that it seems that these parents uh, may have is whenever they don't know where that person right. went, and so what you're saying is let's let's tell the children the truth, right? Rather than trying to give them this earthly, temporary comfort in a white lie, right? And, and I think that the beauty of it is you can. You, there's some farts you don't you don't have to like dwell on, like they're burning and frying, they're in agony and torture. You'd say they're separated from God's love, and that's really sad. Uh, but you know what was really wonderful is that the life they lived here on earth, I really, we really enjoyed them and they enjoyed us. And that was a blessing that God gave us and a blessing that God gave them uh, for that time period. And so we rejoice in that. Mm -hmm. And so the conversation, although challenging, uh, you don't focus on um, their, you focus, the parts you, the parts you do focus on is the the experience that they're having with Jesus right now, you you the focus on Jesus of the future and re, reminding them of the great memories they had with that person in the past, and that our prayer is that the reason why we tell people about Jesus is because heaven is a real thing and we want people to be there and we want people to uh, not reject and rebel against the King. We want them to accept what Christ has done for them. Right. That sounds awesome. All right. Yeah. So remember, these are tough questions, and if you need help on any of these specifically, ask away. I can get pretty detailed on, on what kind of question to answer and how to answer it as I, especially as I've done a, a lot of funerals for people who didn't know Jesus. And at first that was really difficult. But what I did focus on was um, healing comes from talking about what that person meant to you. And that is a completely okay thing. Mm -hmm. uh, what that person meant to you, how much you love them, the experiences you had with them. And then there's a hard break. And then you talk about the future of being with Jesus. And you talk about how that, how one kids with Jesus and that God is good and he is just and he is very loving and uh, he's going to comfort us in our mourning. And I think that's sort of where the focus at funerals is, is you're focusing on the people that are there that are still alive and they're grieving and they're needing help and they're needing hope. Right, exactly. All right, everyone. Well, I think we covered that one pretty well. If, Like Chris said, if you have any other clarifying questions, please feel free to let us know and maybe we can cover those next week and maybe have a deeper dive. But for now, that is all we've got. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.